Hello, and welcome to episode two of the I'm Not Done Yet Foundation podcast. My name is Gabe Malika. We're so excited that you're joining us for episode two. Our guest is, of course, Peter Mengus. Uh, he is so many things. Uh, a father, a Hamilton College graduate, an advocate in the cancer community, uh, and just like a wonderful person to to talk to for an hour. Uh Peter and I really get into it about all things cancer and being a father and really important discussions about, about Bobby experience uh, with cancer and how the Mengus family dealt with the ups and downs of it. And he was so honest and so, so kind and thoughtful in his answers. I really, truly, I walked away from this conversation feeling like a better person, certainly someone who who thinks about the world even slightly differently. And so I think Peter gave that to us. And so I hope we can together uh, collectively in our, whether you're in your car or you're on a run or wherever you are uh, really get a lot out of this conversation. I will say that I did have a professor in college named Peter Rabinowitz who right before we graduated said, if there's one thing I can teach you, it's that when you get caught with your pants down, you need to stand in the middle of the room and say, hey, everybody, this is me with my pants down. And so I'd like to begin the episode by saying uh, this is me with my meta- metaphorical pants down because I lost the first, I don't know, 35 minutes or so of this uh, of this podcast. And we had to start over. And boy, did Peter roll with the punches. He was so uh, calm, cool and collected as only a, uh, a father of four can be. Um and we just did the pod again, and we got some different types of stories out of it. And I like to think it ultimately was a good thing. Uh, but at the time, I was a little bit flustered. Um, but I think the product is still incredible, which is truly a testament to Peter. And hopefully it's something that will never happen to me again, because I didn't like that feeling at all. Um, but thank you for listening, everybody. This is another truly great episode, and I'm so excited for you all to, to listen to it. I consider this podcast to be like Olive Garden when you're here, your family, you know, as the, uh, as the saying goes. So enjoy Peter Mengus and the I'm Not Done Yet Foundation podcast. They, there's a saying in podcasting where you, it says you're not a real podcaster until this exact thing has happened to you. And I could not have picked a time when I am more embarrassed. Well, well let's, let's, I've got time. Let's get into it. Let's, I have uh, time too, Peter. Um, I'll ask you even better questions. Um, so welcome, Gabe. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I want to start by talking to you. Um, about, we're both Hamilton College graduates and uh, we both, you know, derive joy from that. And so yeah. I want to I want to know a little bit about your your Hamilton College experience, because that's something that we share. Yeah. So uh, Hamilton College graduate 1985 um, and played hockey at Hamilton. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, great friends. Great experience. Um, a lot of parties, a lot of fun, yeah. a lot of mischief. Um <laughs> Uh, a few classes. I I did get out in four years, so that's great. That's uh, I think, yeah, I think there was there was there was a lot of skepticism. I'm assuming around that for some, but uh, <laughs> but uh, but you know, they're behind the scenes. It's a little, you got to be a little sneaky about stuff like that. But it was a great experience and and loved it. And and I think you know our our uh, our tentacles run deep into Hamilton. That lives there. Uh, two yeah. of our kids went there. It was great. Yeah, that's be- and you played hockey. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. 
and you were a center. I love that position, Peter, because I think that speaks to your your affect, which is that you you run the point. Well, yeah, and I also didn't like going into the corners, so I left that to other people. <laughs> I learned that early on that that was uh, leave that to other people. I, I pretended that I was uh, was tough, but I really wasn't. Sure, sure. I uh, I had one study session one time with a hockey player, and he was so nice, and we had such a good time, and then. I went to a game. We were singing the national, my acapella group was singing the national anthem and we stayed and we watched the game. And this guy gets a, a two minute penalty, goes into the box. He gets out of the box. He immediately boards a guy, gets a five minute major and goes right back into the box. He couldn't even get to the bench. That, um, yeah. That's a, that's a self-control problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but one of my favorite, you, you might appreciate this, but you remember when, when we'd score, they'd throw oranges on the ice. That's and right. I, the citrus bowl. And yeah. And one of the great things about the old, uh, the old arena was, uh, was you were sort of almost like in a, in a pit. And uh, mm -hmm. so the fans were up above and it was very uh, wonderful, uh, w wonderfully um, intimate uh, as an environment. But I, I think it was very intimidating for, for opponents because then the, the, the arc of the orange was coming from on high. <laughs> and uh, uh, so <laughs> I, I would have hate to have been a foe in that arena. Yeah. Great fans. Great. Every, of course, at a place like Hamilton, everybody went to everything. So it was great. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And again, if you know, if you, my friend, my best friend went to Notre Dame, I don't, he wasn't exactly having study sessions with the hockey players or the basketball players or whatever, but at Hamilton, everybody's sort of together, you know, everybody um, in a communal way that I, that I sort of love. And I love, and, and so you, and you met your wife there. Yep. Um, she, yep. Sure did. She was, um, she was great. She, uh, she was a year older. So dating an older woman. Um, oh, Peter. Yeah, we, start, we started dating and, and uh, it was awesome. Um, did a lot of stuff. She's a terrific athlete uh, in her own way and yeah. uh, played racquetball. Um, we, 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 we used to play a lot of racquetball together. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and at one point I remember I broke her nose. I like followed through. No, <laughs> no, she tripped and fell in the wall. Something happened. Anyway, it was not a good, out it was not a good outcome. Um, yeah. it seemed entertaining at the time, but as I reflect on it, it probably really wasn't. Sure. Um, but, uh, but she was, she was really good and highly competitive. Sure. That I, uh, that I believe, I mean, yeah. she used to beat me straight up. It was, and that's not, I, I'm <laughs> kind of sounds funny, Sure. And, and, but that's not, that, she was really good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you raise, when one of your children becomes a professional athlete, that does not come out of nowhere. <laughs> well, well, as I, as I joke, I mean, I don't think genetically I'm holding people back. <laughs> but, but the real genetic contribution or or uh, athletic strain is on on Liz's side of the family. Her brothers are great athletes. Her mother was a spectacular athlete. Mm -hmm. So uh, and there's stories behind that, too. But it's sure. great. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. And and I, I sort of have realized this recently, Peter, which is I think one of the reasons that I'm so drawn to the Mangus family is that you guys have a love of sports and a love of music. <laughs> Um, because all at some point, it seems like everyone in your family is picking up some, some type of instrument. Can we go through? So you play the drums. I play the drums and, uh, have played my whole life. I didn't, you know, it's interesting, I guess a little regret. I didn't play it at Hamilton. You know, there were different bands that I never really gravitated to. I, I, I wish I had done that more because I started playing a lot more when I got out, played growing up and then, you know, played myself. And then Bobby and I, uh, Bobby, who's our youngest child played in the church rock band. Yeah. Um, so he was a guitar player, uh, baritone player, a, uh, 
a piano player. He played a lot of stuff um, yeah. and actually collected uh, different instruments. I mean, he he has a, a, a banjo, a mandolin, uh, obviously the bass, along with his, his collection of guitars. Sure. So, uh, so that was pretty cool. And, yeah. um, and then so uh, Jake, not so much. Uh, he, he gave it a good go. Um, sure. But uh, but not so much. Emily, you, you, you can recall better than I. She gave things a go, too. I, yeah. Um, uh, I remember the trombone and then like the bassoon or something really. I, I, I they just I don't know whether she volunteered or was voluntold or something, but, <laughs> but there was a bassoon floating around. And yeah. then Andrew was uh, was uh, was a trumpet player and, and really into it. Um, played in the marching band, played in the jazz band at Hamilton, uh, yeah. which was which was really good to go watch. I mean, they were really really wonderful. Yeah. Um, and then took up the guitar and is uh, is really good and a terrific singer and writes his own songs and and so uh, there's a nice there's a nice balance there. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's um that's really sweet. I. I I may have mentioned this earlier, but the, when we were discussing, but, um, when I interviewed Emily on our podcast, it was a lot of soccer talk and some nostalgia talk, but then I had Christine Pando on who went to study music and was telling me about all the bassoon players she played with. And she was like, yeah, Emily was in my section. And I, I thought, Oh my goodness, all the, these connections that we're, that we're making just by having <laughs> conversations. It's really I something. Do a, I do have a question. How many people does a section does it take to make a section? Because I remember they just needed one other person sure. to be to round out a section. So a section yeah. of two, I would imagine. But, I think um, I think they even got to three, maybe. And did? two of them studied uh, it in college. I think Emily was in good company in uh, her. I don't uh, know. I, I well, uh, you can ask Emily. I, I'm not so sure <laughs> the, the the underlying true affinity for it. Sure. sure. Entertaining, yes. Proficient, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I haven't said this yet, which is that this podcast, thank you for listening, everyone. This podcast is a joint venture where we're talking about the I'm Not Done Yet Foundation um, and your youngest son, Bobby, um, and First Descents. And we're going to get to the First Descents aspect of this later um, because I've already talked to Brian Pandorf and, and we're going we're gonna to talk about all those um, volunteering opportunities and all that good stuff. But um, the main focus of, of this pod is so far is I want to talk about um, I want to talk about Bobby because that's, a I think, a really important um, way to get into the foundation. Right. You can't understand the foundation until you understand um, the contributions yeah. uh, that Bobby gave to the world. Right. I think that's a that's a beautiful place to start. Um, and so I guess my first question for you, and it's a similar question that I asked Brian, which is uh, how and when did cancer uh, come into your lives? Yeah, so Bobby was first diagnosed when he was five. Mm -hmm. um, it was over the summer. And he just, you know, I think it's really interesting because, uh, you know, I, I have not thought about this in a long time. So your question's fascinating to me in the sure. context of trying to really think about the vivid moments um, mm. of that of that early diagnosis but but he just didn't feel right and mm -hmm. and it was pain emanating from his back and his neck but it couldn't they couldn't quite figure it out yeah. and finally uh, it was suggested to, to do a, a, a cat scan and sure enough they found uh, uh, a mass in his abdomen and um, 
and the diagnosis of stage four neuroblastoma. And at age five, neuroblastoma is a is a is a super tough thing to to deal with. Um, yeah. It's usually super little kids, uh, but as you get older, it gets progressively harder to uh, to handle. So. Yeah. Um, so that was the introduction and, and then sort of the, uh, the experience began. Yeah. And stage four is significant, right? I mean, that's, that's far along in the process. Yeah, it, it was, uh, it was pretty much everywhere. Um, sure, and, sure. um, there were different scans that he would do and he would just basically light up like a Christmas tree and you'd be like, Oh God, that's not very good. Um, sure. Sure. But, and then you uh, began treatment. Began treatment. So it was, uh, combination of of uh, chemo with mm-hmm. culmin- culminating with a stem cell transplant and mm-hmm. uh and it was as i recall i'm going to screw this up but i'll so i'll give ranges eight to ten uh chemo treatments with mm-hmm. the with the uh with the stem cell transplant which was done at uh, columbia mm-hmm. that was over the course of a, a 30-day you know stay there and it was uh yeah. And, and so it was, it was deep. It was hard. Yeah. And, and when I think of you and, 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 and Liz, Peter, I think of you two as you know, you know the captain of the ships in this, uh, in this sense. And so I want to ask you, um, a little bit about Bobby's your youngest. Um, uh, and you have Jake, Emily, and Andrew, and you have Jake, Emily, and Andrew. Um, can you tell me, um, about how, a diagnosis like this impacts sort of the whole family and how, and how you guys um, sort of dealt with that, because that's a, that's a, I think an important thing. Yeah. So it's probably worth putting in context and again, all summer birthdays. So I'm going to probably get this a little wrong. Sure. But, sure. So Bobby was five. Jake was seven. Emily was 10. Andrew was 12. So mm-hmm. I've, I've got to be close. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm giving it and, to you. Yeah, thank you. And um, <laughs> and and I think there was, you know, first of all, you know, Liz, Liz, Liz is is unfrickin' believable. So the yeah. I, so getting organized, being organized, staying focused, but <clears throat> establishing a commitment to maintaining a high degree of normalcy was important. Mm. So this, this, you know, it's it is as. Uh, as weird as this might sound, it can't be just about Bob. It's got to be understanding the dynamic and the impact on everybody sure. and, and ensuring that, you know, you've got these other people who need to participate in what they need to participate in, whether it's sports or music or other things that, that they're involved with school, certainly. Yeah. So, so finding a way to toggle between that while you're obviously dealing with the realities of a, of a super severe uh, diagnosis with your, with your youngest and uh, emotionally draining. Um, yeah. but, but doing your best to stay even, you know, I think the old adage, you know, don't get too high, don't get too low mm. is, uh, is, is a real deal. And, um, from my perspective, and again, this sounds weird, but it, you just got to go into high attack mode, right? Yeah. You just got to attack it in a yeah. way that you just sort of let's go. And cause we don't have, a, you don't have a choice. And, yeah. uh, and I think um, in this particular case, defense is not a good is not a good way to play the game. So, 
So anyway, sure. I, 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 I'm not sure that answered your question, but no, that's but, fantastic. But, yeah. yeah I, I, and I think that speaks to, you know, there's not too much time to reflect. You got three others, everybody's got to get dressed and we got a what, treatment was uh, in the city in New York. No treatment was out here. We decided oh, okay. because of, we, we, we obviously looked at several different places to be treated. Sloan is obviously a logical candidate, but, mm-hmm. um, but Winthrop, hospital university hospital which is right down the street mineola from where we live yeah is spectacular and and there's uh, a, a world-class uh, pediatric oncologist uh, dr weinblatt who leads a great team and we we're blessed to have him as we call in our home court and sure. um and and what was interesting about his explanation of the disease state again as, as i recall um sure. you know if liz was here she'd probably be correcting me all the time. <laughs> but my recollection is that we really needed to maintain a level of flexibility in his treatment protocol because of the advanced state. And sure. we weren't sure how we would respond and, and how aggressive we could be. They, it, that it could be with the treatment. Um, and, and, and others were a little more rigid in their, in their prescribed protocols. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we're blessed with, uh, Dr. Weinblatt and the team over there were just spectacular. Yeah. Um, so, and would, would you bring the other, your other children in for treatments and things like that? Would they, would, was everybody, is that a part of everybody's? Yeah, I, it, well, I think it was selective, but, um, but I sure. will tell you, uh, you know, I mentioned that the, the stem cell transplant part of this first wave of, of treatment. Uh, he, yeah. was, he was, he was treated at Columbia Presbyterian mm-hmm. in the city. And, um, we did do our best to try and weave in a little fun with that because yeah. well, one, um, I introduced Bobby to the song 30 days in the hole. And again, for the life of me, I will remember who sang that 30 days in the hole. <laughs> anyway, it's like humble pie or somebody like that. Sure. Um, now I'm really dating myself. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, but the kids would come in on the weekends and we would go on little field trips and we would, you know, I remember going skating at the different rinks and one, one skating, we went on the way upper West side by a garbage dump or something. It was awesome. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and, ex- you know, cruised around Columbia university and we just really tried to make, make the moment more than just about some sort of sympathetic journey. It was, it was yeah. really about an experience and trying to experience and understand and stay connected and yeah. uh, and and have it be 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 more than than what it was on the surface. Yeah, so, and finding uh, joy yeah. in 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 those things as a family, I think. I mean, that's a really that's a really sacred and important thing. And when I think about mm-hmm. your family, Peter, you know, I know um, I know all of you. Um, is that your kids are so so kind and independent? You know, they do their own thing and they're they're kind while they're doing it. Um, and I think that's a really that's a those are admirable qualities in people. Um, and I think, you know, I think Bobby probably had a lot of impact on, on their, on their kindness and independence. Well, I think, I think to me, well, first of all, so much emanates from Liz. And I know I said that, but, but no, that's Liz a good really quality is, is, is spectacular in her, or her thoughtfulness, her commitments, her, her friendships, her, her determination in, in lots of different ways. And I think, <clears throat> So it starts, you know, what do they always say? It starts from the top, right? Yeah. Um, but, but I do think the bond that was established between the kids at this moment was, mm. was real. You know, I mean, it wasn't, it was, there was this, this, uh, and it, 
Yeah, I'd be fascinated actually to hear them answer this question, like what what they were thinking at that moment in time, and yeah, did they ever feel left out, or did they feel like they could do more? Did they feel like I, I have no idea how they answer the question, sure. but I do think over time, um, it it and it established an awareness for important things. Um, and, and I think there's nothing more important than, than helping people get through tough situations. And, uh, and I think they were right there with them, uh, the, the whole way. And in ways I probably have no concept of, sure. um, which, which is wonderful that, that I can believe that know it and not really understand it is, is kind of fun. So, yeah. um, uh, but, but yeah, the influence, you know, Bobby's progression through time and, and yeah. maybe it's worth just doing that real quick. So diagnosed it at it, it, it five recurrence at nine uh, spiral fracture of his femur in between that in his mm-hmm. first attempt to, to go skiing again, which clearly did not work out very well. Sure. Um, he did become a really good snowboarder, by the way. Really? Um, which, yeah. Yeah. He was, he was fearless. I'll tell you the story about that. I was going to say he must have been done with downhill snow things. He was not done. No, I'll <laughs> I'll get into that in a minute. It was awesome. Um, and and then obviously the recurrence put him in a different trajectory where we had to go down to uh, 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 Children's Hospital in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doctor Maris, who's a leading neuroblastoma guy, um, and 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 went down a different trial treatment path that 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 had its own implications. Um, all the while, though, and recognition that well, I, I beat it once, I'll just do it again. I mean, how hard is this, right? Sure, sure. Um, and 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 he really became um, this example of just I'm in. Like, what? Let's go. Let's roll. I, I, I you don't have a choice. Yeah. And and it and it really did permeate his activities, his behavior, his friendships, um, his commitments. Um, his, his philanthropic commitments. It yeah. was, it was really, really cool. His music commitments. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was, it, if you're in, you better be in. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that just was, was, was a, a different powerful thought. Um, yeah. That, and when did, the, so Bobby plays, Oh, you want, did you want to tell the, that, the snowboard that. story? I would well, love I to hear to, that. Just because it's really funny. Please. Yeah. So, so we as a family decided to take up snowboarding, um, there's a story behind that, but it's, it's great. And, yeah. uh, and so we're in, and then Bobby finally is in physical shape enough to reemerge and, and take it on. So he, he learns and becomes pretty good. Yeah. And, and so I forget how old he is, but let's, for the sake of this discussion, let's say he's 14 or yeah. 15, something like that. And Jake and I are going up a gondola at Gore mountain, which is up in the Adirondacks. Yeah. And right below us is the, is the, uh, like the trick park, you know, where they got the jumps and stuff. And, yeah. and we look down and we see Bobby, Andrew and Emily standing at the top of this area, looking down at this big jump. And Jake turns and he says, they're not really going to go off that. right? <laughs> and so all of a sudden Bobby takes off and goes, he chickens out right at the last minute and goes off the side. But still, it's, I don't know, he's got to be 10 feet in the air, lands right on his ass. And (laughs) completely, everybody's freaking out. I'm freaking out. You know, Jake and I get to the top, fly down. Yeah. He's he's standing at the bottom, like, 
Bobby, are you all right? And he looks at us with that silly Bobby smile. And he goes, <laughs> I nailed that. <laughs> oh yeah okay yes you did yes you oh did. my goodness but peter uh, what a beautiful imagery of what parenting is you're just on a gondola going to the top of yeah. it and you're watching your children do what they do yeah well the other two didn't go off it they just went to pick up the pieces sure uh, sure <laughs> so uh, so anyway that's uh that's a beautiful story um, the thing I wanted to transition into is, is music in Bobby's life. Cause that's such an important part of it. When did he pick up the guitar? He picked up the guitar when he was first diagnosed at age, again, at five. Um, wow. So he's the, little, the, 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 the one and only babysitter our children have ever had is Donna. <laughs> who's just, uh, just, there's so many crazy Donna stories. We're going to get Donna, her on the pod. She's got oh all God, the stories. You have, you have no idea <laughs> that, that you better have all day. Because um, there are so many stories, but, but Donna instigated uh, the introduction of, of Howie Green, the guitar teacher into yeah. our life. And, uh, and Bobby took to it and, yeah. um, and, and to put Howie in perspective, he's this wonderful guitar teacher. And, and yeah. so, uh, you know, I, Bobby takes first lesson. What'd you learn? I learned Mary had a little lamb. Great. Okay. That's wonderful. And, and so then the next one, um, you know, he, he what, what'd you play? Oh, I learned, I, I, I practiced Mary had a little lamb and I learned happy birthday. Oh, that's, oh, how wonderful. And then, so the third lesson I said, well, how'd it go, Bobby? Oh, yeah. Do you still like, oh, I love it. Oh, so what'd you play today? He goes, something about a watchtower. I wrote, <laughs> all along the watchtower. He goes, yeah, 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 that one. <laughs> and there you go. There, that's Howie in a nutshell. And, um, and right Bobby to Hendrix. And yeah. yeah right, oh, right, that's right great. Yeah. That's um, that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, and and I think those two things, Bobby's can it sounds Bobby's cancer diagnosis and the guitar. Those two things are intimately related, um, and something that sort of permeates his life in in all ways. Can you talk about Bobby's like um, musical growth throughout his his youth? Well, I think you know what. I guess the way I think about it is he took, he took solace with his guitar. You know, he could take it anywhere. Um, and, and, you know, through, through the course of treatments and all the influences or whatever you want to call it that are, or, or, or implications of the treatments, so much of it's beyond your control. Yeah. And I think the great thing about the guitar is it was totally in his control. So, mm -hmm. so he could practice when he wanted to practice, he could have it with him, he could tinker, he could play and then, and he just really, really got into it. And, um, yeah. and, uh, it, it established a wonderful sense of independence. You know, as he got older, he'd play out a little bit and, and do his, his gigs. And, sure. um, and actually it, it towards the end, he was, he was out playing quite a bit as, uh, you know, just his, his effort to, to, uh, to get out and, 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 uh, and give music to everybody. It was just, it was really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and as you say, you know, attack life to, to get out there. Um, I mean, just, just in talking to you, um, his resilience is something that just keeps coming back up and again, um, whether it's, you know, you break your leg and it's a serious injury from, uh, skiing. Most people don't then go snowboard, <laughs> you know, that's not, uh, that's not typical. Well, well um, the one thing about Bobby is he never wanted to be left behind. So if we're sure. going to do something. He was yeah. he was not going to be left behind. Um, yeah, that that is for certain. Yeah, that's um that's a beautiful thing. Um, and I think um, before we pivot 
into more foundational, your foundation and the First Ascent's foundation, um, I think it would be important to just visit real quickly, uh, just like the timeline that we're working with. Um, mm-hmm. So, so Bobby in high school is in is in remission. Is that correct? Yeah, and and I think I I struggle with the word remission, but so let's let's go with sure. disease, let's go with disease free. Um, yeah. Oh no, this and, is great. Yeah. See, I'm yeah, learning. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's so, disease free. So, so, so you go through treatments and there's, there's categories of disease that, that, that in some level can be managed. Um, when he was done with CHOP, there was some still residual disease that we managed through. And, and yeah. so there was, there was, uh, so, so he was disease-free as far mm-hmm. as, as far as I'm concerned. Um, sure, sure. And, and so high school was awesome. Um, he wrestled in high school. Which, which was I did not another, know that. Yeah, which was another interesting dynamic. I, <laughs> I think Jake tells a, a great story or his reflection of the of the of the um, the wrestling experience where he's just this little pip squeak, right? He was five, four. He his growth had been uh, interfered with in some way, shape, or form. Uh, yeah, he was, he was puny, but he was out there. And yeah, <laughs> and Garden City, they're all the wrestlers were so taken by his commitment and drive that he didn't win very much. But as you may recall, they won everything. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and, and as they reflect on their experience with Bobby, they, they attribute a lot of their motivation to watching this kid get in there and just, and just go for it. And yeah, uh, Bobby's I working think, hard. What's your excuse? <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, he got pinned a lot, which was, I, <laughs> I don't like wrestling. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but as a parent, I don't think wrestling. <laughs> but um, but anyway, it was really a, a sort of a, another uh, reflection of his impact on others. He mm. didn't he didn't intend it to be, and I think that that's an interesting dynamic of <clears throat> of Bobby's legacy. I don't think he intended for what he did to have an impact on others. He was trying mm. to have an impact in his own way, and. Yeah. And I always think about him in in the context of the old pebble in the pond, right? He he drops in, and then the ripple effect yeah. um, is just a natural natural progression of of things. And yeah. I think the wrestling team's a good example of that. I don't. Know. So, yeah, anyway. yeah. He's living his life to the fullest, and then people. Right. What, what's um, your excuse? Right. Yeah. That's, right. Yeah, that's um, that's a beautiful thing. And I know, um, I know he did the marching band. And so, not only is he wrestling, snowboarding, and uh, he's also marching on this on a on a broken leg he, or on a leg that required it, a lot of has been attention. Repaired. Yeah, that the, the yeah. limb lengthening repair. Yes, he is. He's uh, he, and 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 as you know that the um, the Garden City environment. Uh, the, the the families, the kids, the friends, the teachers, mm. so supportive, so nurturing. Everybody will find a way. And I remember vividly him. There was a, a a marching band scene where there was a bed on the field, and and it was in part so that he could be like driven around, right? <laughs> because they, they they needed a place for him to get around on, and uh, yeah with his leg. Um, and again, maybe that's a, a manufactured version of a, of a, of a recollection, but um, sure, sure. But it was great. And everybody was just so thoughtful in their, in their, in their, their own way. Um, mm-hmm. and Dr. Seneca certainly is, is, uh, one of the top of the top of the class. 
He is. He is top of the class. He will love that you called him doctor, though. I think he just has a master's. But from now on, let's go with doctor. That's I, fantastic. You know, I call I call all those people doctors. They're all know. doctors. Just, yes. Yeah, what the hell? No, they're no, that's beautiful. They're, they're smarter than me, so they get to be doctors. I don't know what yeah. I am. <laughs> You're a captain of a ship, Peter. You, well, I, I guess you, you you by your own admission, it sounds like you you defer to Liz, but that's probably smart. Uh, yeah. Um, from what I know about uh, Mrs. Mangus. Um, Okay, so I'm, I mean, I'm glad we're we're getting lots of good stories. This is fantastic. Um, well, well, let me answer your question. I guess this so is the yeah, progression. Please. Yeah, so the progression is th- through high school um, is uh, accepted to Duke, goes to Duke, and mm-hmm. um, does the whole fraternity thing. Really mm-hmm. immersed. He's a he declares double major math and music, and just he is he is in super deep. And yeah. then and then starts to feel crappy um, around the holidays, and mm-hmm. uh, sure enough, it's it's back, and uh, sure. and then sort of takes some time off, goes back, and uh, and and does his best to continue on with his of sophomore course. year, and uh, and then obviously it, it uh, um, he he uh, he he died actually September eighth, four years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, just what an impactful nineteen years, Peter. Um, yeah, right. I, I mean, mean, if we all could do what he did in the short period of time in our entire lives, yeah, uh, this, this would be a better place. I assure you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and so after his passing, you know, I'm sure you guys said we have to figure out how we're going to honor the life of, of Bobby Mangus. How does the, the foundation, you know, sprout up? Well, you know, I think there was, there was multiple, multiple dimensions to mm. the moment. So obviously the reality of it, um, but also a recollection or, 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 or a realization that Bobby expected us to continue his his commitments. What 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 he identified as real need. Mm-hmm. I mean, we never talked about it with him, but but I, I just assume that there'd yeah. be this this expectation that well, I started something, can you guys please finish it, right? Yeah, or yeah. at least continue on and. Yeah. And I think we all felt that in a, in a very deep way. So, so the perpetuation of what he got rolling um, was, was very real to all of us. Yeah. Um, and philanthropy was a big part of his life, right? I mean, it was, it was. And, and I think one of the, the really important dimensions of, so, so, so the I'm not done yet foundation is born, you know, we're sitting around um, a day or so after, after he died mm-hmm. and we're talking about things like this and Andrew, um, you know, says, well, let's call it the I'm not done yet foundation because Bobby was never done, yeah. you know, doing, giving, caring, et cetera. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it's the perfect representation, the perfect name for what we want to set out to, uh, to continue. Yeah. So, so it was born and it took a while to, to, to figure out legally and all that. But, uh, but the yeah. I'm not done yet foundation is a, is a 501c3 foundation. Um, I'm not done yet foundation.org. For, for, yeah. for the listeners, that's a promote promotional plug. There you but go. It's, but it's it's focused on the gaps that Bobby found in care and services, mm. um, specifically adolescent, young adult. There's such a gap because everybody you you, you think about it. There's there's a lot of attention, money uh, for little kids as there should be. Yeah. There's um, a lot more disease for older people and yeah. so you got to deal with that but there's this this gap in between where it's no man's land 
And, uh, and the challenging part about that is, is you've got young adults who are trying to start a career, trying to, well, trying to finish college, trying to, to figure out their, their social scene, Mm. trying to figure out their, 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 as you say, sex life. I mean, all these things, right. That are are real and, um, and, and influential and, and, and meaningful. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and trying to grow. And I heard a great expression for this, this demographic, sort of the emergers, right? They're mm. emerging into their life. And, um, and to, to have to deal with uh, a disease of this significance. Yeah. I mean, forget, forget the concept of it being disruptive. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a game changer, right? But, yeah. but, but whatever happens, don't let it disrupt my moment. I mean, this is, I'm just coming into my own. And yeah. so, so again, services to support adolescent young adult patients um other programs related to to connecting and and communicating and 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 again i keep using the word support research for diseases in this segment because frankly so many of the diseases that are specific to young adults have very bad outcomes Mm. but there's so few of them that that there's there's limited funds to support research yeah. So, so research is a big, a big part of it. Absolutely. Uh, so anyway, it's, it's, uh, it's become foundational for the family. Uh, yeah. Again, like I keep saying, Liz is leading the charge. Um, yep. Always. And, and we've got great relationships. We've got great connectivity. We've got great programs going on, doing, doing incredible work with, uh, with the, with uh, the folks that we're tethered to. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it matters. So. Yeah. I mean, th- that's, a, that's such a good, um, cross point with my conversation with Brian, who was diagnosed at 26. Um, and he was, you know, talking about living his life and all of a sudden, you know, he's disrupted as he's sort of emerging, you know, the last thing he's 26, he's, um, he's been disease free his whole life. He, you know, it's the last thing he sort of expects. And so it's a really key demographic that Bobby also belonged to, you know, college students. 100%. Uh, And, and, you know, that they, they, uh, the, the adolescent young adult official demographic is 18 to 39. I mean, it's huge. Yeah. Those, those are different but, ages. Oh, wait. I mean, different lifestyles. I mean, you're, you're from going to college to having a family or second, third or fourth kid. I mean, it's a huge yeah. demographic. Yeah. But, but when I think about it, I think about, again, the emergers, the, you know, the, 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 the 18 to 30, 35, even, um, where, where they're just trying to figure shit out and, yeah. and, and make progress in their lives and build the relationships mm-hmm. that are going to matter and last a long time and, um, figure out their professional life. And it, it's, it's, I, I can't wait to hear what, what Brian was talking about, but, yeah. um, but they share that common denominator of, man, I'm just trying to get my sea legs in life. And, and, uh, and I just got you know hit over the head with a two by four. Yeah. So, so now's the perfect time, I think, to, to transition into your work and your, your, your chair, your foundational tie, and also your personal tie, um, to first descents, which, uh, uh, can you just tell me about, I want to know first about your experience as a volunteer and then we can get into the, uh, the structural well, things. Well, I, I don't think I can lead with that because it's slightly, okay, that's out, fine. Of, it's slightly out of context. It'll be put it. Sure. So, so, um, one of the things that, Bobby was was very aware of mm. is is the connection among 
the young adult population, you know, cancer population, and who do you talk to, right? So mm. uh, you, you don't really want to talk to us much because what do we know uh, mm-hmm. as parents? Um, your friends, it's, it's fascinating hearing stories where there's a lot of fair weather friendship stuff going on. Like all of a sudden you share that you've got cancer and some people come in, some people go out and, and mm-hmm. it really is, is hard on, on friendships. And, yeah. and, and there's certain things you just don't want to talk about with your friends relative to this, you know, that's that dimension of normalcy again. Mm-hmm. So, so this idea of connectivity and, and Bobby at Duke established with the Duke uh, cancer uh, center, a, a program called Bobby's coaches, where, where you had this mentorship connection, this real connection that would allow people to talk and, and be real and be honest and be open and provide yeah. real guidance, not some manufactured talking head guidance. Uh, sure. No disrespect to, to that community. Sure. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, it's, it's real. And I think he sought out that sort of connectivity. So as an example, in high school, he went to a, a cancer high school patient snowboarding thing out in, uh, in Steamboat. Um, oh, wow. and, and so it sort of opened our eyes to the power of getting people that share, unfortunately, that common denominator together yeah. to, to spend time socially, have fun, connect, talk, get real yeah. and, and really dig deep and, and, uh, how powerfully therapeutic again, I keep using the word real it is. Um, and, and so, so first descents now to the t- transition. Yeah. First descents is an organization that we were introduced to actually by a neighbor who said, you know, what you guys were up to in funding programs designed to add a dimension of support to the adolescent young adult, uh, populated cancer population. There's this group called first descents and first descents provides outdoor really, you know, phrase they use in, in their banners, outliving it, right? Real outliving it experiences, yeah. uh, rock climbing, kayaking, um, you know, skiing to some extent, uh, you know, a lot of immersive outdoor, like, but real deal. Like, you're not going around, you're going out there to fiddle around. I mean, it, yeah. this is immersive with expert guides. And, yeah. and like I said, in another instance, you got to be ready to roll. <laughs> uh, and so we found them connected and, uh, and are thrilled to be partnering with them to, to fund, uh, an acceleration or reopening of a lot of their programs and, and just, uh, and also help cultivate enthusiasm, right? So here's another promotional plug. If there are folks out there who are, who are cancer patients or cancer survivors, this is a, a really super fun, super compelling a uh, wonderful connection of a peer group that uh, that I think is a game changer for 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 folks. Um, so so you know, male, female, you name the demographic, you name whatever your yeah. deal. Uh, it's uh, a, a a place that's comfortable, that's a safe space, that's a, a really cool place to blossom in your own way. Now, to my own experience. Um, and, and we're thrilled with it. And we, and we look forward to continuing to, to build on, on our initial. Uh, yeah. I mean, that adults with cancer being able to go on these trips is so meaningful to, to hear Brian talk about it um, is, is so compelling. And, and I worked with 
kids six to 16, sometimes 20 to 21 in these types of environments. And one of the things we would say all the time is if they go to the alumni camp, which is four days at the end of the summer from 17 to 21, after 21, we don't see them anymore. Right. But first ascents is, is that, uh, is that gap. And it's so, it's such a, it's such a thing that the market needed. We needed something for those ages. It's, it's huge again, because it's still no man's land. I mean, again, you've yeah. got situations where, you know, in some instances, these, these patients won't, won't even, you know, they don't want to tell their employer. They don't want to, they, they don't want to talk about it. They want to deal with it in sure. their own insulated way. Yeah. Um, yet, you know, you, you got to have that connection. I mean, just for your own sanity, there's other mm-hmm. people out there just like you. Here mm-hmm. they are navigating that world, navigating the challenges, you, you know, trying to figure it out. Um, and it is a wonderful opportunity to, to connect, share, learn, and have a blast. And so as part of their adventures, they welcome volunteers to yeah. pitch in and basically clean up plates and set out food and yeah. do a lot of the, do a lot of the, the, uh, the, uh, uh, administrative stuff for lack of a better phrase, but, um, but anyway, you do get to participate in the image. So, so I was able to join Brian, who is the the leader of a first descent outing up in, um, the gunks, uh, you know, the mountains near New Paltz, uh, New York in a rock, in a rock climbing, um, uh, outing, uh, there were, as I recall, not nine or 10, uh, uh, participants. Uh, Uh it was, it was great. Uh, the evening campfire discussions were were uh, were were just spectacular, yeah. and uh, cross section of of uh, different backgrounds, uh-huh. uh, a lot of different diseases, which was interesting perspectives. Sure, um, and all coming at it from a slightly different way, but with this common denominator. But I got to tell you something: watching these folks, I got to keep using this phrase, attack the rock. Who wants to go first? I'm in. Boom! Yeah, you know, they're just let's go. You know, we're here to do this. Let's get let's get on with this. Yeah. And, uh, and man, flying up the rocks and the way they just had a blast. And and um, it was so motivating. Mm. Um, it was just really, really great to be a part of it and yeah. uh, humbling a lot of different ways. But but it also reminded me that Bobby wasn't alone. Right. That there are a lot of people in this that that that. Uh, you know, unfortunately, are are challenged with this moment, yeah. and um, and it's how you it's how you get through it. And first descent is a very meaningful, available uh, way to 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 uh, add a dimension to your care, in my opinion. Yeah, that's a foundational aspect to it, right? Where you know, medicine changes and it's complicated, and um, um, but finding things like a guitar, like a first descent trip. Um, to communicate because as a, as a, for me, as a camp counselor, I think it's very similar to you as a volunteer where part of it is, is helping provide an experience to people who are, who are going through difficult things medically. But another part of it is just being hands off. Hey, let, let the kid, the kids are having a conversation. Don't go in there. That's right. their time. You know, they're, who knows what they're talking about? Sort of the way you were talking about your kids 
and your your uh, their relationship to Bobby, uh, Emily, Jake, and Andrew, where, where you said, "Oh well, I'm sure they had you know stories and moments that are all their own." It's sort of the same thing where it's like, let they have something to share that's just for them. I'm going to take a step back. That that's an important piece of this, I think. Yeah, and and you know one of the things that I loved about watching or and, well participating in the first descent moment. Yeah, uh, you know, it was a three day three day outing. And, um, and it was, like I said, like real rock climbing. This is not, not, let's go just walk around the woods. Um, yeah. this was get <laughs> after it and, and, uh, um, uh, and, and, uh, and be real with it. And the guides were spectacular. Um, but again, it's this balance between no, no, craving normalcy exposure and, but, but exposure an activity in a safe place. Like I can, I can do this without any crap or any noise or any, any inhibition. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, there are a lot of great stories behind the participants about getting mm. medical clearance and are you capable and all this? It's like, you know, screw that. I'm going like, let's yeah. go. I, I, I don't, I don't want to talk about that. I want to leave that behind. Yeah. And, um, and, and join this group. And, and again, in a, in a safe, wonderful, yet exciting, um, nurturing, I mean, I, whatever I, I could keep going with yeah. it. It was, it was just awesome. Yeah. And that was one of the things that, that Brian mentioned too. And it's a shame you haven't heard the episode yet. Cause it's not out yet, but he, he, he talks about the community, those late night chats, right. Sitting around the campfire, um, with everyone who's on the trip and taking a moment, taking a beat to say, what is something that you're grateful for cancer for and that community that it can create? It's an unfortunate one. No one's happy about it. Um, but sometimes those moments lead you to being in the woods with a beautiful group of people that you would never have been with. Um, you know, I give Brian a lot of credit. Brian uh, led conversations that were comfortable, but in a, in a, in a way provocative that, that mm. allowed people to talk and, and share that was, that was really meaningful. And, yeah. um, and so again, I, I, I look forward to hearing his episode. I'm a big fan of Brian's and, and the way he just was able to, to, to manage through that. Yeah. And, um, and a lot of people just chose to listen, right? I mean, that's, and that's fine too. Yeah, um, of course. But, but, but asking a question like that, like what, what are you thankful for related to cancer? Like that's, that's such an interesting view of it. And, yeah. and I remember one of the common, the common refrains was the people I met, yeah. right? The relationships that I built, the ability to connect and share and love and, and be involved with people that are awesome. Yeah. And so, uh, so, so anyway, I, 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 like I said, I give Brian a lot of credit. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really, that's a really sacred thing. And I'm so, I'm so glad you got to, to have that experience, Peter, because speaking of people who are not done yet, you're like, let's go rock climbing. Let's, uh, yeah. let's do it. You know, it's, I still haven't recovered, but no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's fantastic. And so, and so in the, I'm not done yet foundation supports lots of different things. You were saying research yeah. um, programs like first descents um, for people who are listening, because I'm sure this will drum up some enthusiasm and excitement. What are, what are some events and, and ways to get involved um, with both of these places? Well, well, yeah. So let me, let me repeat uh, www. I'm not <laughs> done yet. 
foundation.org. Yeah. Um, and there's a range of things. Um, you know, one of the things that, um, that we're consistently passionate about is, is just blood drives, right? So we, we encourage, but there's a, there's an ongoing need for that. Yeah. Um, we have annual events, whether it's the, uh, the, 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 the annual head shave that, um, that the, the Pike fraternity organizes that's material, you know, meaningful turn virtual, um, you know, there's a lot of different ways to support us financially. Yeah. What's important to understand is that the money all goes to support things that, that in our opinion, matter a lot. Yeah. And so, so again, the Bobby's coaches program at Duke, we're passionate also about fertility. Um, you mm. know, one of the, one of the real underlying challenges and implications of cancer at that age is you just don't know what impact that the the the, uh, the treatment's going to have on your ability to uh, you know to 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 participate in that. <laughs> sure, uh, of course. To be politically correct. Um, oh, you're doing a great job. Yeah, yeah. but um, <laughs> but but that I mean, you think about the implications of uh, and I on this I really get emotional about this. I remember when Bobby was was rediagnosed, and then and then Dr. Weinblatt saying, "Hey, by the way, I got to talk to you about something else." And because yeah. this, this type of treatment will affect your ability to reproduce. And yeah. so we got to talk about sperm preservation and obviously for women, egg preservation and, and your alternatives and, and the funding associated with that is very limited, right? And sure, the insurance coverage is very limited. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I could go on a whole rant about that, but, yeah. but these are real life things that, yeah. that matter. So you're going to go through your treatment. What can we do? to provide a range of either programs or services or things designed to make it easier or better or more or frictionless or just take that worry away. Um, yeah. Again, underwriting egg or sperm preservation or the idea of who do you have to talk to in, in the Bob's coaches program. Um, yeah. You know, the research we're doing out in Cleveland, which is, which is sort of super cutting edge, uh, Ewing sarcoma research, which is which is which is super cool. Um, obviously, funding space. Space is a big issue. Mm. Where you know, there's kid space for little kids, space for grownups, mm-hmm. but most of these patients are treated in pediatric environments. So you're going to have a 20s. I remember Bobby sitting around on one of those miniature chairs, oh right? A, a second grade chair, trying mm. to do his, his calculus homework. Uh, <laughs> Right. And so building space that that can uh, appreciate and be sensitive to the needs of, of young adults with the right setup, almost like a as, as Emily phrased it and, and sort of a guiding thought was a coffee shop environment. Right. Mm. Um, so. So, again, go to the website, learn all about it. We're passionate about it. First Descent obviously is another uh, wonderful connection point for us and the services we want to provide. We want to keep yeah. rolling. We'll take all the help we can get. And yeah. Uh, and that's my uh, my closing plug. Has that? Yeah, that's fantastic. That's fantastic, Peter. I I love this this space that you've tapped into because there's so much need. I mean, even just talking about the fertility, where it's like you guys have thought of everything, and it's not something that I would immediately associate with with emergers with cancer. And when you say that, um, I think, oh, this too. Like, there's another complication, right? Exactly. Exactly. And there's another hole you can plug and you guys are doing that work. And that's really, that's really sacred and important um, because not everybody, not everybody's taking the time to to fill those holes, Peter. I really, I admire that about you guys and the foundation. I appreciate Um, that game. And again, please, 
please uh, check out First Ascents it, to the extent that there's adolescent, young adult cancer folks out there. It's a it's a great program, and uh, and I would encourage anybody to check it out because yeah. it's uh, it's it's very very uh, cool, important, and uh, and available. So yeah, I love it. Well, Peter, we I like to end these episodes with three short fill in the blank questions. Um, just as a way of wrapping up, these are individual for you. Uh, so the first one is uh, <laughs> advice for someone who's hesitant to take part in first descents as a volunteer or a uh, participant. Uh, just do it. Make just make do the it. commitment. Just do it. You know, I think yeah. um, it, it's 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 right there, and and it and, and you'll get so much out of it. And I know how do I take the time? How do I do this? How do I get there? Figure it out. Just, 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 just do it. I love Don't it. Don't be done yet. Get after it. Don't be done yet. That's fantastic. Right, Number right. two is more fun. Your outdoor adventure snack of choice is blank. Swedish fish. So, oh, good answer, Peter. Do you like the small ones or <laughs> no, like the slightly the big the bigger? Ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, I'm, I'm writing that down. That's, that's a good thing to know. Um, and the last one I wrote down, um, was just like, if you have off the top of your head, it doesn't have to be like the world's greatest thing, but just like a a Bobby story that makes you laugh. A Bobby story. Well, I told you that the, 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 uh, snowboard snowboard incredible one that, that was, that was pretty funny. That's fantastic. Um, There's just some, well, I'll tell you a funny one when he was, when he was in treatment early days and, and again, back to this normalcy thing, yeah. we, we, I remember that this way, but I don't know whether it's true. There was some dimension of sneaking him out of his room or having to get special <laughs> permission. You know, he had the, the ID pole yeah. and, uh, and, he wanted to, <laughs> and he wanted to play kickball. So uh-huh. we manufactured in the courtyard of Winthrop Hospital, a kickball game. And uh, with this pole and he's running around, it was, it's uh, again, I, maybe I'm exaggerating that story. But I do oh, remember it being hilarious and funny <laughs> and, uh, that's and fantastic. like anything else, probably a little competitive. Yeah. <laughs> well, we know, we know where he gets that from. That's a yeah. playful for competitiveness is a, is a beautiful thing. Well, Peter, um, this was our podcast. I really appreciate you working through our slight technical difficulty, your Love honesty, it. your candor, your positivity, the work you're doing. I think people are going to eat this podcast up, Peter, truly. Uh, I'm well, more proud Gabe, of this uh, one than, uh, than any other. Well, Gabe, I, I can't thank you enough for, for encouraging us to do this, being available to do this. And, yeah. and obviously for your support of, of, uh, of the Mangus family. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm wearing my, uh, my, I'm not done yet bracelet right now. All somebody, right. somebody yeah. just asked I, me about it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. It's, well, Gabe, it's, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. This is, this was a, a fun, fun to do. My pleasure. And we're got the babysitter next. That's where the real juice comes in. (laughs) Be careful what you wish for. Uh, It was great talking to you, Peter. All right. See you later. Bye. See ya. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. That's been our conversation with the wonderful, thoughtful, kind Peter Mengus. I really appreciated his candor, his honesty, uh, the perspective he brings to life. And just the way he, he so beautifully uh, spoke about Bobby and all of his children. Uh, he's a good man. And I really appreciate him uh, letting me pick his brain about 
incredible life that that he's living. While you're here, check out I'm not done yet foundation.org. I know off the top of my head that they're doing a blood drive on Monday, December 6th at the Stuart Manor Country Club from 1 to 7 p.m. Uh, so go donate blood on December 6th and just check out the website. There's such of great events and opportunities and ways to get involved with this wonderful charity. So so do that. Follow them on social media. Do all the things. All the links are below. So click those and have a great day. We're going to be back next week with another wonderful episode of the I'm Not Done Yet Foundation podcast. My name is Gabe. Have a great day. 